0: Pope Francis is fighting on three fronts, recover from serious surgery, bring about peace between Russia and Ukraine and tell the trolls on media to quit it. And that last one might be the hardest job of all. As he recuperates, Francis is dispatching an envoy to Kiev and he's warning Catholics how to conduct themselves on Facebook and Twitter. Claire Giangrave is Rome editor for the Religion News Service. She told me first about the Pope's health because he's working from his hospital bed.
1: We are told that he's back at work after this operation that he had to have for an incisional hernia, which was causing him recurring pain. We're keeping an eye on him, but the Pope is 86 years old, and it can be tasking to head 1.2 billion Catholics around the world.
0: Is he generally, though, in fairly robust health?
1: When it comes to Vatican communications, it's very difficult to get a real handle on how things are We haven't had a picture of Pope Francis yet since the operation, and we do know that he has had health problems in the past. He was in the hospital in March. He was in the hospital in July of 2021, where he got the original operation that caused the complications we see today. I guess physically his body is aging, but mentally this Pope is not showing any signs of slowing down.
0: And nor would he want to, because there's a lot of unfinished business. I want to ask you about a very pressing piece of business. And one thing that is sure to keep him going is this papal effort to end the war between Russia and Ukraine. He recently sent Cardinal Matteo Zupi, who's a very well-respected diplomat. He actually does have a solid record. He can take a big share of the credit for ending a conflict in Mozambique back in the 1990s. But this peace initiative is not over. What happened when Cardinal Zupi went to Kyiv recently?
1: Cardinal Zupi went to Kyiv on what was a secret mission initially. But the hope, what was said to us by the Vatican, is that it was supposed to be about listening. It was supposed to be about manifesting and showing closeness to the Ukrainian people. Now, This was extremely important because Pope Francis's view of the possibility for peace in the conflict really does not exist without both Ukraine and Russia coming to sit together at the table. And it takes a very Vatican approach where really peace can only be obtained through some degree of compromise. Now, whether that is really the path towards peace in this case, I'll leave it to the experts. But that is very much the Vatican and Pope Francis's view. So Zuppi's job in Ukraine was really about showing the Ukrainian people and its president that the Vatican is willing to listen to their needs. A lot of Ukrainians felt that Pope Francis's stance of listening and openness also towards Moscow and President Putin were deeply offensive and hurtful. And so this was an initial move of showing that, no, the Vatican is actually trying to keep both doors open. Whether this will actually work or not, I don't know. Some people at the Vatican that I've spoken to were very sceptical that really the Vatican has enough international strength to pull this off and that maybe there are better people, better nations that are more suited to do this. But we'll see.
0: This is only one half of the peace mission, though. I don't think Cardinal Zuppi has gone yet to Moscow. What's happening on that front, Claire?
1: We're being told by Russian authorities that there has been no clear request for Cardinal Zupi to go to Moscow. It has been a dream of Pope Francis to be the first pope to set foot in Russia. And it really would be a coronation of Vatican diplomacy efforts beyond the Iron Curtain for really decades whether it's likely, very, very unlikely. Whether Zupi might make it there, it remains to be seen. You think the Vatican is cagey with communication sometimes. I mean, the Kremlin can be another <laughs> really difficult to understand. Yeah, just to be. You know, it, one thing is telling is that when Pope Francis heard about the news of the Russian aggression in Ukraine, the first thing he did was break protocol, run down, get in a car, and go himself to the Russian embassy to the Holy See. That was a gesture that I think will not be forgotten. Mm. It shows that while other people were perhaps, other nations were closing the door for that dialogue, the first thing that this pope did was to go and initiate that dialogue immediately. Yeah. But it is a very thorny and complicated situation, as we all know, and who knows whether Pope Francis has the clout to do it.
0: Yeah. It would be hard, I would suspect, though, Claire, for Moscow to say no to the pope To turn away a papal envoy, that would be Moscow essentially saying this is the most, let us say, even-handed of mediators coming to meet us and we're not interested. It would be pretty hard for Moscow to say that, surely.
1: Again, the way Putin and his cabinet think about things is, is really beyond my understanding, I'm sure. But one thing I would say in this respect is that the Catholic Church doesn't have a tremendous power in Russia. There are not a lot of Catholics in Russia. The Pope's influence in Russia is not so strong. And Pope Francis has also created some tension with the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. He called him a sort of Putin's altar boy the last time they spoke during a Zoom call at the Vatican. There are still some issues that need to be addressed that would make it quite difficult, I think, for Cardinal Zuppi to go there. If Zupi does make it to Moscow, that would be a great victory. for vatican diplomacy
0: yeah i mean zupi it's worth remembering did not bring peace to mozambique overnight it was a long process do i Mm -hmm. suspect uh claire that there's going to be much more shuttle diplomacy on the part of cardinal zupi uh, representing with the imprimatur of francis back and forth to kiev and maybe to moscow
1: Absolutely. This is well beyond the middle of it. A lot of what happens with the Vatican is not being shown on Twitter or on cameras. A lot of the groundwork of Vatican diplomacy happens with humanitarian aid. So there are people on the ground, nuns, priests, missionaries, Catholic organizations that are there helping, bringing a presence in those places, and then all the way up to the negotiating table. So really, it's a much broader approach that cannot just be reduced by this single mission, which has sort of become the face of Vatican efforts, but it's really not even close to everything that is being done to try and and mediate this conflict.
0: Claire, I noticed you mentioned Twitter there which um, leads me to ask you about another conflict, this one within the Catholic Church, but I can assure you it's one that hundreds of millions of people around the world can relate to and that is the appalling hostility on social media. Pope Francis recently issued a statement on how Catholics should engage with the online world. In essence, what did he say?
1: It's a very long document. It's 20 pages, but it really does bring together a lot of the considerations that Pope Francis has made and really that the Vatican has made concerning how do Christians approach social media. It goes from just being a good neighbor, (laughs) being nice to people, to also thinking about how do you witness your faith in social media. It really incarnates in a way Pope Francis's vision of how to be a good Christian even on the street. It's not about proselytism or trying to force people to come and share your opinion. It's not about being hostile. It's about encounter. It's about following the example of the Good Samaritan. That is the example that he's trying to set. So essentially, the document really tried to touch on all the issues and a lot of things that we already know. For example, that it's really easy to fall into a tunnel where you just have one you know, belief system surrounding you on social media and you're never confronted with otherness. And this pope is all about otherness. It's all about other religions, other cultures, other peoples from far away. So he's trying and the Vatican is trying to push people to take this into consideration and to step away from the toxicity that you described. Yeah, he
0: actually used, I think, a very biblical injunction. Who is my neighbor? I think he reframed it for the Twitter age.
1: Yes, absolutely. And really, if you think that social media can be aggressive, I mean, it's amazing how, for example, Catholic Twitter can be aggressive. There is really a lot of vitriol among those very earnest churchgoers and it can be embarrassing for the church it can really bring forward divisions that already exist in the church and create confusion for believers
0: yeah claire just as we wind up would i be correct in detecting in this statement by the pope a rather coded message this one directed at the pope's right-wing critics on you know various catholic websites and facebook pages and twitter feeds
1: a lot of Vatican observers have interpreted it that way, and it would fall under the way that Pope Francis normally addresses these issues. Again, the document says these aren't guidelines. It's about starting a reflection. It's about urging people to consider the way they behave on social media. This pope has had to deal with an extraordinary number of even influential prelates speaking up against him on social media. And criticizing his pontificate and going against his teaching. So issuing this document really, even implicitly, means, hey guys, maybe these are the things you should be thinking about before you you react emotionally on your social media platform. Which is very similar to the way priests, for example, would react emotionally on the pundit. Only now they can reach millions of people across
0: countries. It's dangerous. Yeah, Claire, when he said, and I'm just quoting here, the problem of polemical and superficial communication is even worse when it comes from bishops, pastors, and lay leaders, do we know who he was referring to there?
1: Well, we will never know officially, but we can guess. We have a pretty informed guess. Yeah, have a stab at it. I think in the United States, we know there's been a very vocal opposition. We can think about Bishop Strickland of Texas, for example, who is kind of unique in the way that he's willing to step forward on social media, whether it be on vaccines or about political engagement by Catholics or about communion for pro-abortion politicians. I mean, this bishop has been very outspoken, even questioning the way Pope Francis has been leading in the church quite aggressively. Maybe this is directed at people like Strickland or others who have used their platform this way. But normally when the Pope wants to address these issues, he'll send his people to let bishops know this is not okay. You are creating confusion, you are creating division.
0: Very good to speak with you, Claire Giangrave. She is the Vatican editor for that splendid organisation, the Religion News Service. Claire, thank you for joining us on the Religion and Ethics Report. Thank you for having me. And the Religion and Ethics Report is where you'll hear about the links between religion and the news that's shaping the world. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.